Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Enterprise Architecture Radio. If you're thinking about organizational complexity and agility, if you're concerned about operational efficiencies and are thinking of taking it to the next level, if managing innovation is one of your priorities, you have come to the right place. On this podcast, we talk about all of that and more. It's a jungle out there, and we will attempt to navigate this jungle of frameworks, methods, and most importantly, enterprise architecture in practice. Welcome to the Enterprise Architecture Radio. For the last couple of episodes, we've been discussing how enterprise architecture can drive value and help an organization become more agile. We talked about disruptive, transformative innovation, and we also talked about small evolutionary innovations that keep the organization agile, nimble, and operationally efficient. But let's say you're an enterprise architect or a part of an enterprise architecture team. How do you get started doing all these innovations? And it is a daunting task. Maybe the organization has been around for decades. And if you are thinking about enterprise architecture, in all probability, you are associated to a considerably large and complex organization. Because EA is an expensive endeavor, and you wouldn't consider it if you don't really, really need it. And if it has been around for a few decades, it's possible that it has gone through a number of mergers and acquisitions, launched many products and services, and spread across multiple geographies. There are so many business functions, so many processes, so many internal services, and then there are applications, some SaaS, others hosted on the public cloud, or some probably on-premise data centers, and then data. Don't even get me started about the data. There is so much data, and there's so much diversity in the data, and the EA team has been given the task of making sense of all of this and pull out business intelligence that will help the leadership drive value in some way. Every organization has its own reasons why EA is required. The first question that you must ask is, why do we need EA? And this is not a generic question. We already covered the generic question in the first episode itself. This is a very specific question pertaining to the organization that EA is associated to. And every organization has a very unique reason why they are considering EA. For example, it's possible that the organization has undergone multiple mergers and acquisitions, and their entire landscape is now murky with diverse people, functions, systems, processes, services, all coming together. And they want to untangle their landscape. Other reasons could be that the organization has seen a game-changing innovation that they would like to leverage, but the entire proposition involves a large transformation of some sort, perhaps a reorg or shutting down a few lines of business, etc. Or it could be a simple matter of looking at existing inefficiencies, gaps, redundancies, and making the organization leaner and more focused. Although truth be told, in my last 13 years as an enterprise architect, I've never seen that as one of the reasons for the leadership to invest in an EA capability. But can't blame the guy to be hopeful. Because unless we understand the very reason why EA is required, we cannot deliver value. And the first purpose of EA is to make it sustainable to help the organizational stakeholders to understand that EA does drive value and the investment they are making will generate a good ROI. The idea is to attack a few low-hanging fruits and deliver quickly so that the leadership is confident that this is a good move forward. And from there on, start working towards the maturity of the EA capability that you've established. This activity, though, is easier said than done, unless at least some of the leadership team members understand that there is a need for EA. 
it is not possible for EA capability to get established and to mature. Because to understand the context, the EA will have to sit down with the leadership team to talk about what their objectives are, and the leadership must give them not just the resources required, but their time as well. Yes, EA is a politically sensitive activity. You will be constantly working with the leadership, balancing their conflicting interests, and that requires some serious soft skills, but that we'll talk about later. Once you firmly establish the context of why you are doing EA, the preparatory activities begin. We start with the big ticket items. There are three points we must prepare for. Point number one, budgets and resources. Point number two, an enterprise architecture board. And point number three, a governance function. The first point is budget and resource. Usually an EA capabilities needs arise from the top. If the leadership thinks that EA is required, budget should not be a problem. Surely it may not be a million dollars to begin with, but you should have a budget to get started. How much and for how long are discussions required based on the initial scope and context? Among resources, you will require people with the right skills and tooling. There are some specific skills required for running a capable enterprise architecture team. First of all, some generic skills, and these are usually most underestimated, like leadership skills, teamwork, interpersonal, and communication skills. Then you have business skills like strategic planning, understanding business processes, etc. Of course, you're going to need people who know design, and that includes application design, database design, role design, system integration design, and be able to build design models. You would need project management skills, IT service management skills like incident management, change management, problem management, etc. Then you would also need software engineers with experience in programming software, database administration, information security, and infrastructure engineers with some on-premise and some public cloud experience. And finally, some legal skills like data protection laws, contract laws, procurement laws, fraud, etc. Of course, not all these skills are mandatory. And of course, you may not need people to be proficient in every skill. You may also have some transferable skills or subsidiary skills, like a project manager who has some experience in projects dealing with contract or procurement law, or a software engineer who has worked on a major database project. You pick and choose which are the most important skills you need at the moment based on the enterprise architecture context, and of course, how much budget you think you can pull. That's point number one, budget and resources. Now let's talk about the second point, which is setting up an enterprise architecture board. The primary responsibility of the architecture board is to make sure the EA process is evangelized, followed, and improved over time. Also, they need to take the responsibility of approving all exceptions from the standards. The board will have members who have responsibility for their own domain. This could be business domains like specific lines of businesses, such as HR, finance, etc., or it could be technical domains like database architect, cloud architect, or security architect. Each member will have authority over their subject of expertise and will take decisions around standards and exceptions. And under budget and resources point, there is one more resource, which is tools. There are some very interesting EA tools that you can use to make your work very efficient. They have capabilities to sync up with your ITSM and CMDB uh, databases and pull in live data on a weekly or daily basis and they have beautiful reporting and dashboarding capabilities. The Gartner Magic Quadrant for EA tools lists out the top tools in the industry. But it would be prudent to run a POC on a number of tools before you decide which tool to pick. 
if you've decided on the enterprise architecture framework that you're going to use, then there are tool certifications. Like there is a TOGAF tool certification program where they certify the tool that implements the TOGAF framework. Which brings us to the third point, setting up a governance function. Human beings are lazy and if we leave it to them, they will not follow any standards. They'll just keep taking convenient shortcuts and do what's easiest. That's why organizations without EA functions or at least some big picture view team or role fall into chaos. So governance is required and right at the beginning, a clear message needs to be sent out about the governance function. Now, does that mean this will be an omnipotent, all-powerful, my way or the highway type of governance function? Not necessarily. It could align with already existing governance functions like legal and compliance, software compliance, etc., and bring everything under one umbrella. There are all-powerful versions of governance as well, but then there are governance functions that work on the buy-in model too where the governance team educates all teams about the standards, helps them understand why the standards need to be followed and hopes that they follow them. How we set up the governance function will depend on the culture and the environment of the organization. However, a governance function needs to be set up and a clear message needs to be sent out to all impacted stakeholders about how it will function before any EA activity begins. After these three points are taken care of, there are a few more things, such as picking the right EA framework, understanding how mature you are as an EA capability, or understanding the organization's maturity level when it comes to any big transformation, or how to choose the first project and so on. But that's all the time I have on this episode. So we'll cover those topics in our next episodes. Now, before I end the episode today, I would like to make an announcement on popular demand from some of our listeners and followers, we are conducting a live webinar on Sunday, September 11th, 2022. I know it's a horrible date, September 11th, but hey, it's just a date. We will be discussing enterprise architecture, why TOGAF is the best EA framework, and how doing a TOGAF certification can be beneficial for you. To register for the live webinar, visit enterprisearchitectureradio.com. You'll see the registration form on the right-hand side of the screen. It's very easy to remember, enterprisearchitectureradio.com. See you in the webinar. That's all I have for you today, folks. I hope you enjoyed the show. More about innovation, enterprise architecture, and how we can implement these ideas in the practical world, in the business, right here on the show. Do not forget to subscribe. Thank you for telling your friends about the show and supporting us. If you want to find out more about us, you can visit us at enterprisearchitectureradio.com. If you have ideas, thoughts, disagreements, feel free to write to me directly. I'm very easy to find on LinkedIn, and you can find all my contact details in the show notes. Once again, I hope you had fun, and I'll see you in the next one. Mm-hmm.